Welcome in everybody to another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host Brennan Tassif. Um, as everyone knows, common rundown of the show is we're gonna normally have some guests on, some very funny people, some very cool people, some very interesting people, and we're just gonna talk about stories, whether they're drinking stories or crazy stories, or in the case of my guest today, maybe getting in a little bit of trouble with the police stories. <laughs> I am joined by my uh, good friend. Emily Rogers. What's going on, Emily? Not much, man. Not much. All right. Plug anything <laughs> you want to plug up front. Emily is a comic, I think we could safely say. She's a she's an aspiring comedian for sure. An aspiring comedian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From we met in Jacksonville, but you now live in uh, New York State. Mm -hmm. Um like I said, go ahead, plug anything you want to plug up front, and then we'll get into it. Um, well, I mean, you you know that I'm not really on social media. So, I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Ultraviolet Ray. Um, that's R-E-I-H. I don't know how to spell my own name. Um, yeah. Or you can hit me up on OnlyFans. <laughs> that's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. It's been a hard pandemic, y'all. Oh, ain't that the truth. So, Emily and I met. Uh, we worked together um, in... Uh, my breakfast, the breakfast restaurant here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, you had gone to film school. So you were done with film school. You had moved to Jacksonville for a couple of features, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I actually went to school for musical theater um, at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City. Um, so... So, yeah. And then after that, I got a couple of I'd moved back to Florida and um, got a job in Jacksonville doing a film in Jacksonville, which is funny because I was actually thinking like those stories are are pretty crazy. Um, I'd, I've been performing like my whole life ever since I was a little kid and um, started out as That's dance. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been on the stage, man. Um, started out as dance, then started doing theater when I moved to Florida and that kind of just like took off. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was just kind of natural progression into, uh, trying to figure out what it is that I, you know, like truly liked about performing, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause then, um, I remember when we met, I had told you that I do comedy mm -hmm. and you had shown interest in that. And then you started coming to... A lot of the shows, um, you kind of got to know all the comedians in the area and stuff. And then, what was it? Uh, it was a couple months. And then you tried it. And that <laughs> <I> was <did. laughs> so much fun. Um, I remember because you kept coming to and the shows that you were coming to. A lot of them were like open mics and stuff like that. And I, I remember we were always talking about like, well, why don't you? You're like, yeah, you know, I'm working on some stuff. Yeah, maybe. It's so I'm working. scary, though. <laughs> yeah. But then you finally got up there, and your first time, you killed it, mm. and it went really well. You told a shit joke. I sure did. Astronaut. I sure did. And at the time when you had started the joke, I was wildly upset. Because <laughs> I was like, all these deep conversations that we've had about comedy and what it means to people oh. and trying to make people laugh through hard times. And you're like, yeah, totally. And you completely agreed with me. And then you got on stage, and you were like... Something like, how do you think astronauts poop at the space day? And I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> but it came around full circle. It ended up being a very intellectual joke in the end. But um, yeah, it was fun. And I remember talking to Marcus about it. And the difference, I think, between 
a lot of people who try stand up and a lot of people who do stand up, if that makes sense, is people will try to do an open mic or, you know, they're the funniest person in the office. So then they go and then they just try and riff and it's a horrible experience and they bomb and then they never do it again. But in cases of people who continue to do comedy is you get up there, you can you do pretty well, especially for your first time like you did. And then, you know, you'll go back on stage and maybe you don't do as well, but then you keep doing it, which is exactly what yeah. happened in your case. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely. Um, it was really hard to keep doing it up here. Like I really wanted to. And I it took a lot of I took a lot of time driving to try and figure out what I was going to do. because I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, so a lot of time, like kind of exploring Albany and Syracuse and trying to figure out where the scene was. Um, but no, like that, that I feel like was the biggest hurdle. It's like now we now we're in the pandemic and I'm kind of just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I work at a restaurant. I'm not sure like about going to a whole nother city to try and do that. I don't know. Well, cause that was the thing was, um, shortly after you had kind of started getting on stage, cause then you you know, I booked you on a show and then you were kind of like in it yeah. at that point. It took you a few months to kind of try it. But once you tried it, you were in it. And then shortly after that, you moved. So you had left mm -hmm. Jacksonville to move back up to uh, New York. And for the listeners, you live. I wouldn't say upstate. Is it upstate? I mean, you oh, it's upstate. OK. All right. It's I didn't know. Yeah, it's like if you look at a map of New York State and you just like put your finger on where you think the middle is. That's where I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it was one of those things, too, when I remember you told me you were moving. You said, you know, I'm moving back home. And I thought, oh, well, New York, that's awesome. Like, you can continue doing comedy in the greatest comedy scene in the world. And you were like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not where I'm going. <laughs> and apparently you had told me, if I'm not mistaken, you said you live about three, three and a half hours from the actual city. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that's about right. But so it's not that you, bad. But when you got up there and you wanted to continue to pursue comedy, we were talking about this before we turned the mics on. Uh, you were saying because of where you're located, it was basically like an hour drive to either Albany or Syracuse. And then, you know, those are smaller cities in comparison to New York City. So it's, you know, you got to try and figure out the scene. And then yeah, the world ended. Yeah, yeah, it did, you know. And, um, and I... Say so I came up here in November, and by the end of December, I had found like out what was going on in Albany, um, and got in like the Facebook group. You know, like I had like I was actually like really trying. And yeah. um, oh man, it's like it's funny to hear you say like, "Oh, the first time you went up, you killed." Like, mm -mm, I didn't know what that felt like. I found out. <laughs> I, I like I mean because I had a few months to like try and figure out like okay what do I want to do for my first set going up in New York like nobody knows me I'm not gonna yeah. tell the shit joke the first time you know like, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so that uh the first time that I went out there and sort of met everyone they kept saying all night they're like oh this was their new year's show and they're like oh it's our biggest biggest audience here tonight like thank you guys so much like uh, the whole time the host kept going on and on about it we're so grateful that you guys are all here yada 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 okay the first time that i went up in albany there was at least twice as many people packed into that room like there like that room was stuffed full of bodies and i was like Ooh. 
Yeah. But um, but it went so well. And I like I've been kicking myself the entire pandemic for not recording that set because you know how bad I am about recording things. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Well, I'm in the same boat because I remember similar situation when I had I don't know you because you weren't I don't know if you were around at the time. But I remember um, I when I came back into comedy, I had done it for like two or three months. The listeners are very aware about the time that I took off. And then Brian Ziola, who's been on this show, reached out and he goes, hey, man, um, we have Daniel Van Kirk coming into town. Do you want to open for him? And I was blown away because Daniel Van Kirk was a regular on one of the podcasts that I really liked. I felt as is this medium, you feel like you know the person because you listen to them all the time. So I was like, heck, yeah, you know, DVK. Awesome. And I invited everyone I knew to that show called in every favor I had. If I covered one of your shifts, you were coming to this show. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And same situation. I get on stage and the stage was like shaking because it was in rain dogs. So it's a very small venue Mm. and it was packed with like a hundred people. I'd say 80 of which I brought and the stage was almost like shaking because there were so many people and I did so well. And when I got off the stage, I remember like that feeling of like, I think I'm going to pass out. Like that was awesome. <laughs> and same thing. I was like, and I didn't record it. Oh, had no thought of recording it. Cause it didn't even like, like you, like, I don't even think about that to do that. Yeah. And it still haunts me to this day. Cause mm. I was like with that audience and with that crowd, you know, with the crowd and how well it went, same thing with what you're saying in Albany. It's like, I could have submitted that to festivals. No one could have known who I was. And they would have been like, man, this guy's a killer. This person's a killer. And I was like, nope, gone. Have yet to be able to recreate it. Every time I think (laughs) I'm going to have a show like that, I bring all my gear, the tripod, the whole thing, and I bomb. (laughs) (laughs) So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. (laughs) Yeah, dude. No, that, and that was it too. Cause I was, they, I was still out there for weeks before, uh, before corona really hit you know and um yeah so it's kind of like they so they got to see me bomb (laughs) after that (laughs) after that trying material that i hadn't worked on as long you know as what i had worked on for that day and i can't obviously it's like it's the same same kind of deal where it's like you go to a place and it's it's you know, because like in Jacksonville, it's like you go to the open mics or the shows and you see the same faces. Um, and that was kind of like with Albany. It's like there's three or four mics a week, or at least there was. And uh, and you would see the same. You walk in and see the same people. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, like. That's, yeah, that's the comedy scene in any kind of town. Yeah, no, I know. But it's like being the new guy there. I'm kind of just like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's been the hardest part with the pandemic is there's no. And I'm sure it's just like this everywhere, especially in the smaller town scenes like Jacksonville or Albany or something like that. But there's no kind of regularity in which we're having shows. So when Mm. somebody posts about like, hey, man, I'm doing my you know, we have a couple of the open mics like Rain Dog still isn't back. Like Buck is still not like hosting. And so if Buck's not hosting, nobody's going kind of a thing. But there are still a couple of mics around the area that are trying to come back. But I just for some of them, like unless Marcus or Brian or like unless someone I know is on that show. Yeah, I don't like it's so hard to go because you don't know who you're going to see. A lot of times it's like, am I going to see a bunch of people who during the pandemic decided, oh, I want to try comedy and I'm going to walk in and I'm not going to know anybody and I'm going to feel like the new person again. 
And that's been crippling for me as far as going to these random shows. Because I still, you know, obviously if I'm booked on a show, I'm there. But to go to these random shows where the, it's like, oh, I hope I can get some stage time. It's like, it's like, it's, it's mind blowing is how crippling it is to like, I, I just won't do it. Orlando's having shows all the time and I'm just too nervous to go there and not know anybody. Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, I was feeling pretty ready to do it like last week or the week before. Um, and I've been working on stuff, like just been sitting on my hands. But it's like then we had a bunch of cases spike in Syracuse. Uh, we serve uh, the majority like right now, the majority of our clientele are the students from the university. And, you know, it's like and that. Or I don't know. That's like because I'm not I'm not just serving there weekly. It's like I'm bartending, too. And like that's a whole nother game. And it's yeah, yeah. it's it's very um, it's very touch and go right now. So I'm not really not really sure what's going to happen in like the next month as it gets colder, you know? Yeah, and that's true, too. So um, I know Chicago, they had some uh, a few spikes in cases because Savannah, my uh, girlfriend, uh, told me the other day that they're shutting indoor dining down completely in Chicago oh for like two weeks. Because she woke me up and she's like, hey, do you think like what do you know? Do, have you heard anything? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, we might be out of jobs again. And I was like, no, there's no way that's going to happen. And then she showed me the articles and stuff. And I was like, oh, boy. And I know this has happened. I, I know New York was a lot more cautious about reopening. But I know in Florida, they just kind of were like, yeah, let's do it. And then they were like, oh, shit, shut it back down. And mm-hmm. then they were like, yeah, let's do it again. And now they might have to shut it down again, which is insane because, I, you know, people joke about comedy being dead and stuff. But for people like us who are just kind of starting out and for me starting back out and trying to get like a foothold to shut everything down, it's like, you know how it is. Like, you can't work on material if you can't work on material. Like, mm-hmm. I could say it in the mirror a million times, but mm-hmm. where I pause for laughter is not going to be the same places where people laugh. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it's been rough for everyone. Obviously, I'm not including this with all the death and the destruction and all that kind of stuff. I just mean as far as having the one thing that I looked forward to, you know, three or four times a week to be just gone. It's super shitty. So, but let's lighten it up. Let's talk about (laughs) you. Um, I, I, um, of course I wanted to have you on. Um, you are one of my closest friends. You were when you were in Jacksonville. It's very odd. The situation that we find ourselves in, because even though we don't talk as often as we used to, it's funny because when we get together, it's like no time has passed, which is nice. Um, but I wanted to have you on. I know we were talking about this, um, before for the last couple of weeks, You found yourself getting into a bit of trouble in your younger years, not even in trouble, but you know which picture I'm going to use when I post this episode. Yeah. Um, uh, It is a photo of Emily being dragged away by the police. Very glamorously, I might add. Yeah, it's actually it's a a very good picture, which is why I used it. Like when we booked you on the show, I used that in the, the flyer and stuff. But um. If you want to tell the listeners a little bit about kind of your history um, with just being involved in different um, different things uh, as far as protests and as far as trying to get your, you know, getting your voice out there and uh, kind of your belief structure and that and that sort of how it pertains to you getting in trouble so much. <laughs> 
Um, you know, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, yes, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. So after uh, after school and um, and working on those those films, it was kind of just it was interesting so it's like a weird a weird time um and when i got out of school and like i really i really had no idea about anything i was very naive and um the whole occupy wall street movement started and that came to florida like it get spread to all the other cities you know and yeah. so i you were you finished school and then you came to florida yeah. And that's okay. I didn't want the listeners to get to get to get confused because you said Occupy Wall Street. I don't want to think you were still in New York. No. Yeah. No, it just it spread. And um, and I was kind of in between things at the time. And my parents basically were like, you should care about this. This applies to you, too. Aww. And um, I was like, OK. <laughs> and wild stuff, you know, to the occupation, figured it out. Uh, I ended up like meeting a bunch of cool people, learning like and actually understanding the world kind of for myself really for the first time like as a young adult um and i took that and ran with it <laughs> yeah that's what <laughs> didn't we love to stop hear. there it wasn't like just sitting in the corner reading a book in the park like no no um <laughs> got very into it like became like heavily involved in organizing and the peacekeeping and the media teams and and by the media teams it's like those are the people that are recording the police when the police are doing shitty things <laughs> yeah that was our entire job um and yeah so that yeah um the first time that they had arrests in that situation it was actually like after the park was closed so a lot of those people actually had to go through like a really ridiculous legal battle with the uh city of orlando because of that um but i got arrested just you know for justice <laughs> that's the so the picture that i have of you that you sent me that's that was your arrest that's what you're talking about when you that were was, for justice? That was for justice. That was in Orlando. Um, there was uh, there was a very like important city council meeting. I don't really remember what it was that we were really so upset about at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a there was a city council meeting about something that we wanted to That's stop. That's how you know it's for justice. I, I can't remember why justice. we were there, but we were pissed off. It was for justice. Um, yeah. No. So a lot of the major organizers and like the people that were really taking it seriously were at this city council meeting. This is like at two o'clock in the afternoon on like a Wednesday, random. And um, we were having this sort of art workshop in the park where a bunch of local artists had actually brought these huge installations. Like these were really big pieces of art like some of them are like you know paintings but there there are these large pieces that are like all throughout the park kind of to make it sort of like an art day or whatever very peaceful time happening and it's pretty it's like it's yeah. not like we're like being gross and like weird protesters we're like having a nice cultured day and <laughs> um <laughs> and you know those gross <laughs> weird protesters those crunchy granola protester kids um, no. And then all of a sudden they block the streets and they roll up with a huge, I mean, with like seven paddy wagons. There's like maybe 30 people in the park. Like, I don't know. I don't know why it was so many. Um, they had like three undercover cars. I remember one of them was a European undercover car and I was really upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, get your Nissan out of here. Um, (laughs) This is um, America. (laughs) And this is for justice. Um, No. (laughs) Yeah, so they rolled up. They blocked the streets. And we're all kind of like, what the heck is going on? And then they start pulling, like, because we had certain people at the, I don't know. Some of them were the artists. Some of them were... Uh, people that were just kind of like protecting the arts that way people didn't just come into the park and do do anything weird um so we're all like kind of standing around at these little stations and they start pulling these girls out of the park and it, it was all women okay there's a park full of people families children men women and they start pulling young women out of the park and putting and arresting them in the middle of the day which is illegal because the park is open by their own laws which is where the justice comes in um and yeah so that started happening and um being the only like one of the only people on the media team that was still there i pull out my phone and i start recording them and i'm marching up and being you know, really obnoxious, and I'm like being a little extra, being OTT, and just like, oh, what's your badge number? I need the license plate, like the Karen oh, of protesting yeah. at the time. The Karen um, of protesting. <laughs> Somebody cut that. We're gonna put that on a shirt. <laughs> no, but like very sassily, like uh, accosting these police officers as they're throwing my friends into a paddy wagon. They've arrested like four or five people at this time. And um, I'm just going off recording them. And so then finally they're like, you need to get out of the street. You need to get out of the street. We're going to leave. And they have like 20 cars blocking the street. And I'm like, it's going to take you a few minutes. So no. Um, And so then they kept telling me I needed to leave. And I was like, you know what? I don't actually i'm just gonna stand here and so of course then they started arresting me and i was like i don't even care because this whole this is all bullshit you can't do this so sure let's go let's see what happens um so they arrest me you know it was actually really hilarious because in that picture you could see my purse is like kind of hanging off my arm they arrest me put me in handcuffs i'm actually pretty sure that that picture is them trying to take the handcuffs off to get my purse off because they always told us at the occupation they're like don't if you get arrested don't take anything with you if you have your id if you have cash if you have like any personal effects like don't take it with you give it to somebody yeah. else and um so i had my purse and i had a whole bunch of crap in that purse like other people's stuff because you know when you have a purse everyone's like can you hold yeah, this? yeah. hey hold this, hold this, hold this. <laughs> um and so luckily my friend josh was next to me and he was like yeah that's my bag <laughs> and i was like yes it is um so they're trying to take it off of me but they've already handcuffed me and that was like 10 minutes i'm standing there just like laughing at them i'm like y'all are so dumb um but yeah so they threw me in the in the paddy wagon and they took us to orange county and orange um, county i've been there yeah and uh it was just really funny because all of us were in a really good mood (laughs) yeah i could imagine well what ended up happening with um like, so what were you officially uh, booked on? Resisting arrest, I'm pretty Resisting sure. Resisting arrest without violence? Yeah, but it was like there was no grounds to arrest me. So yeah. I had to pay basically for getting arrested. Yeah. And that was it. I yep. didn't have any sort of charge or anything like that. And yeah. Exact same thing happened to me. Um, when I was living in South Florida, I had... Um, we had a party one night at our apartment, the only party we ever had at this apartment, and the cops banged on the door. Um, I'm 
hammered, opened the door. This is when I was pre-law, so I thought I knew everything about the law. <laughs> the police officer said, um, we're going to come in there. Basically, the short version is we're going to come in there and we're going to check everyone's ID. And if someone's here drinking underage, everyone who lives here is getting arrested. And I said, well, let me uh, let me see your warrant. Actually, what I said was, let me better have a warrant. Um, and uh, they didn't have one, so I slammed the door in the, her face. And as I'm walking up the stairs... I yell to my to the party, my roommates and stuff. I go, can you believe this dumb bitch wants to come into my house without a warrant? What a fucking idiot. Thinking like the doors are soundproof, but they're not. <laughs> it's an apartment. So literally like 20 minutes later, there's just a soft knock at the door. And I think it's the pizza that I had ordered. So I go down, I open the door and she ripped me out of the door, like the, the door frame, like r- pulled me out, slammed me on the ground arrested me and said who's the dumb bitch now oh shit (laughs) and then but when i got booked and everything the charge was the same it was resisting arrest without violence Mm. so i got ror'd released on my own recognizance um and a court date and so i did all this research i went to the 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 little law library at fau and i did all this research and i was like there's no way that this can stand so apparently and this goes for the entire state of florida apparently there's a bylaw in resisting arrest without violence where the police have the jurisdiction and the discretion to arrest anybody that they feel like is disturbing the peace or impeding on a case or anything like that. Basically, they can arrest anybody they want for anything they want and then just say resisting arrest without violence. Now, the majority of the time, the charge will get dropped because you cannot resist arrest if you're not being arrested. The problem is you still have to pay for those court costs mm-hmm. to drop to drop the charge and your day is still ruined because they're still you know arresting you holding you and booking you on a legitimate quote unquote mm-hmm. legitimate charge yeah so everything falls off on your record but then all of a sudden you're like well wait a second i just spent 8 hours to 12 hours in mm-hmm. jail for mm-hmm. no reason and then you have to pay the $250 court cost mm-hmm. to go to court to get the case dropped yeah so this is not an unusual thing, the arresting. I just didn't know if they were going to try and get you for trespassing or, uh, you know, protesting without they a permit. Or... See, that they could. That's that was the whole thing about the first group that got arrested. We were the second group that got arrested and got pulled out of the park. But the first group was there after 11. So it was trespassing. Yeah. So they actually had to fight that. Um which so that's what you meant, because with yours, you didn't you basically just got thrown out. All you had to do was pay the court costs. Yeah. Yeah. We got stuck in. It was funny because like, you know, because we're protesting like all, like every injustice at all at the same time. And yeah, so it's like course. we get into the prison system, you know, it's like we're, we're there and everybody's there getting booked and we're like making friends with people. We're like yeah. being all bubbly and like cute and talking to everybody and just like, oh, they hated that. And so we were in the dorms for like literally like five seconds and then they pulled us all out of there because we were being too nice and uh, yeah. stuck too us all into a yeah, stuck us all into a solitary uh, cell together for the remaining seven hours. But so you ended up spending about eight hours in the um orlando orange county jail yeah yeah it was a good time go get you some (laughs) now is that the only time you've been arrested in your life no you don't mind my asking no it's not (laughs) no it's not oh interesting interesting now is all are all your arrests justice based 
No. No, they're not. Oh, God. Okay. Full disclosure to the listeners, I knew you've been arrested more than once, but I did not know what the other reasons were for. Do you do you want to you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to? No, it's fine. They were they're both. It's like I guess I was fortunate that I didn't get caught doing things because there's other never mind but my point is is that every single time it was literally it was nothing um i got arrested on my mom's birthday when i moved back to new york city um moved back up there with some people from occupy to be in new york city and what's the timeline on this um so this is like 2012 um late end of 2012 i'm Mm, no. 2012. When did you finish school in New York City? When did you finish theater? Uh, February 2011. Okay. And then that's when you moved to Orlando. Moved to Orlando, did my first film in Jacksonville. Um, and then, then Occupy happened. Then I moved back to New York City. And then movie number two happened after that. Okay. So that's when I came back down. Uh, okay. So now you're you're in New York City with some friends. It's your mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. And, and we you were didn't doing... do anything. Oh no, I did. Um, <laughs> we were doing the uh, so there was the um, Caramont en la Rouge protests, which is squarely in the red. Uh, those were the protests, the student protests out of Montreal. And so Occupy Wall Street had picked that up. And so we were doing those protests in the city. But we didn't have nearly as many people in Montreal. They had like half a million people in the streets. Oh, wow. And the whole thing was that they are banging like a spoon on a pot or a pan. And they're just making noise. Like yeah, that that's a lot was of their noise whole... with half a million people. Yes. Um, so that was their whole thing. So we started doing that. But we maybe had like on our best night, like 150 people, maybe 200, which is not a lot. Um, no, especially in the city. People are just like, oh, that's just city noise. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was fun. But um, but yeah, so the cops didn't like us. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> For obvious reasons. But um, they're not fans of justice. They're not fans of justice. It's very sad. Um, but so we lost a couple people after the first few nights because the plan was to do it every single night because that's what they were doing in Montreal. And we after the first few nights, because we were getting chased by the cops, like, and when I say chased, I mean, we're walking with banners and they're on scooters, like motorized scooters chasing us. Like, okay. So only the people like it it dwindled down to the people who, you know, wanted to have fun. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Those are the people that you you really need. Yeah. So we I feel like near like went right up until we got like that arrest happened. There was probably like a good 20 to 25 of us that were really in it. And how we would do it is we'd walk down the street, you know, chanting, hitting our pots and pans. And then as soon as the cops would come down the street, we would all start running and we'd run down like little alleyways. And just I mean, I swear. And it's like part of it was for fun to get away from the cops, but also they're chasing us on scooters. So it's like somewhat dangerous, you know, and there's traffic and all that. Um, But it was definitely a good time. And uh, that last night they were getting really aggressive. Um. I remember we had to split up at one point because we got multiple of them on us. And I mean, they're like coming at us, like trying to run us up against a wall. Um, And this kid uh, runs up and um, 
one of the cops comes and hits the fence like to the steps that go up to the high line like hard um that was the first time that i was like ooh. The, Ooh. So the cop hit the, the guy into the fence or the cop hit the fence? He was like running to get away from him to try and get up onto the high line. And the cop was trying to cut him off with yeah. a scooter. Yeah, And yeah. literally like he like hopped over and got up there, like hopped like the first three steps. And then he hits the fence like hard. I mean, like he would have hit him. Yeah. That yeah. was that was jarring to like witness for me because I was like, ah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait um, a second. I thought we were just having fun, you guys. I know. I'm like, um. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, so that night we we ended up like getting them back together. We're surrounded by the cops and this one guy. I don't I don't remember what his title was, but he was always like the big honcho that would come out and just like ruin everybody's day. And um, he comes out and he's like, if <laughs> if one more person bangs a pot and a pan, and I was that bitch. Like I'm just always that <laughs> bitch. That's like you tell me no, I'm gonna fucking do it. And so, yeah, he said that we're in a commercial district. There's not a noise ordinance. It's like I've done the math, the legal sort of sem- like made up math in my head. Yeah, of like yeah, This is not going to get me into trouble. And yeah. so I start doing it. And um, <laughs> and he just grabs me and pulls me down. And like that arrest was was definitely more violent. Um, and I was definitely like in a much sassier mood. I was not having like a cute fun time. I was like getting pissed at them. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was it was a good time. And yeah, like I tw- I'm pretty sure I tweeted my mom like before they got my phone away. I'm like in the paddy wagon, like handcuffed, tweeting her like, just got arrested. Happy birthday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was for justice. It was. It was. Yeah, that that one was fun because um, for all the reasons that I said, but we had the NLG uh, come and take us to court. So it's like it wasn't that they were very organized in New York and they had dealt with so many arrests that it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. I don't even think I had to pay court costs on that. I don't really remember. Oh, wow. Well, that's the thing, too. In a big city like New York, you have there's a lot of different organizations and stuff that if you're fighting for the right cause or their cause, they'll they'll back you up. I mean, yeah. you don't get that. You don't get that in Orlando. Nobody's coming to your aid mm. in Orlando. Yeah. I mean, it might be different now, but oh man, that's fun. So twice, that's good. Yeah. Hey, at least it was only twice, though. At least you only got arrested twice. I mean, <laughs> if that was true, yeah. No, I did get arrested <laughs> one other time, um, and. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even trying to set that up. Maybe I was. Who knows? Maybe uh, I'm a great host. Maybe I suck. <laughs> Maybe it was for justice. Um, <laughs> it was just for justice. Yeah. So you got you have been arrested a third time? I was arrested in Jacksonville once. Yeah. Were you really? <laughs> I really was. Do I know this story? Or I I'm don't not know. Even being... I don't think you do. I, but I don't know. I don't I don't really tell it very often because it's not particularly entertaining. Um it's just so you ended uh, up in handcuffs. It's, it's it's mildly entertaining. I did end up in handcuffs. Um, <laughs> so um, the whole like so the the film projects that I was involved in um, both were very interesting. But one of the interesting aspects of it for me was that I was underage and um, they were both horror movies. So we're filming at night and then you know everybody wants to go out and party at six or seven o'clock in the morning 
And um, those are the people that I ended up becoming really good friends with in Jacksonville and sort of like who I moved in with and all that uh, when I moved back there. But um, so they just had this lovely habit of taking me out and feeding me lots of alcohol because I was younger than them. Okay. And um, they wanted me to have a good time, you know. It's like that's that was just like their their southern hospitality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if there's one thing our listeners know on this podcast, it's you can't have fun without being hammered. Uh, hmm. Um. So yeah, one time I came uh, I came up from Orlando. I would just come up and visit them all the time, and we'd just go out and do and do things, and and pretty much just drank a lot. Um. And I was 20 years old at the time. And we had, we had like drank a little bit at the house and then we were going out and we were out at Park Place on King Street. And, um, you know, we're chilling the there. Riverside District and kind of the historic Jacksonville area for the listeners who don't know. Yeah. Um, and so they go up to the bar, they order like some shots, they order like a pitcher of beer, and then we go out to the back patio. And... <laughs> We're sitting out on the back patio and like they have glasses out in front of everybody, but nobody's done anything. This is like also maybe five o'clock in the evening. It's sunny outside. It's like it's daytime. You know, we're just chilling like nobody's getting crazy. Um, And so we're all just sitting back there and the back door like flies open and these three cops like dressed like in full like sheriff gear you know with like the vests and everything just like looking very aggressive for park place on like yeah oh <laughs> thursday evening you know what i mean just why um comes, strapped up for gang violence in the hipster part of town it's like they watched me walk in i have no i like i don't even know but they just stormed as soon as we sat down and the drinks were out in front of everybody like they just stormed in now i had not drank anything at this point i think i might have had something at the house but it wasn't a lot i was not you know it's like i was fine and i definitely didn't touch anything that was on the table in front of me but they come out and they ask everyone for their ids and mine was uh it was an id it was a real id it was probably an expired id but it was not my id it was somebody else's (laughs) kind of looked like me it was enough to get to get by um and yeah, so they immediately handcuffed me, pulled me out of the bar. My friends are all freaking out because they're like, oh, shit, what do we get her You're into? like, don't worry, I do this all the time. That's <laughs> pretty much exactly what I was. I was like, it's fine. I'm not going to say shit, and they'll do whatever they do, and we'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. Also, yeah. this was so two like weeks before my 21st birthday. Oh, man. That's how stupid it was. So by the time – so, like, literally, like, they take me out. I'm thinking I'm going to get – booked or processed or whatever i think i'm thinking they're taking me somewhere they literally took me sat me in the car outside and i wouldn't say anything to them so they're like trying to do a report whatever he's trying to like coax me to talk to him and i'm just like sitting there completely silent like i'm not gonna that's what you have to do Mm -hmm. um and so he like gives me a copy of the report and he just like lets me go basically to go home with my friends and um the court date, I look like because I, I at this point they have my real information and all that kind of stuff. And I, I look Did at the you court... try to give them the fake ID when they first came in. Did you try and show them the fake ID? Or did you just immediately give them the real one? Like, all right, th- I'm not even going to try to. I'm like really trying to think about it. I honestly don't think I even pulled it out. I'm pretty sure I was just like, 
nah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, no, because the, the difference is like you can, if you try to present a fake ID to the cop, you can get in a lot more trouble than if you're just like, yeah, you got me. I'm underage. What makes me think that I didn't do that and that I was just kind of like, yeah, you got me is because I still have that ID and I definitely yeah, so, wouldn't yeah, have that ID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing too, is a, a, like, that's actually the smart move is to just be like, yep. All right. Cool. You got me. And then just go and say nothing because then they don't really have, you know what I mean? Then they can't yeah. really build a case on you. If you give them a fake ID, then all of a sudden it's, you know, you know falsifying information to the police and all, all these yeah. other things. And these charges, a lot of people don't understand. These charges can rack up quickly. Mm-hmm. Like say a cop tries to pull you over and you think, oh, I'll just go up to the next block, make a right into this parking lot so it's safe. Well, if the cop wants to, you're doing like 25 to life evading the police you know not stopping endangering like you know what i mean like they can rack up these charges so that's why it's interesting where you're like yeah i don't even think i showed him the fake id because i'm pretty that sure it been didn't. a really different scenario than just letting you go yeah no i'm pretty sure that's why yeah um but no when i remember when he handed me the report back that had the court date on it i like laughed because it was the end of june and i'm like well I'm going to be 21 by the time I go to court, but sure, I'll go to court. And I got to court and it's like all these other cases going on. And um, she reads mine out and she's like, you got arrested for drinking before you're 21. And she's like, how old are you now? And I'm like, I'm 21. And she's like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> had to pay for it. But she was like, OK, yeah. whatever. Next. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, is um, the judges aren't the biggest fans in a lot of cases of these dumb arrests. Yeah. Like the cops do them because it's I don't know why I'm not going to claim to know why, whether it's an inferiority complex or they just kind of want to assert their will or whatever it is. But I've been in situations in the eight times I've been arrested. I've been in situations where it's very much you get in front of the judge and they're just like, wait, why are you here? And you're like, oh, you know, resisting arrest without violence in that case. And she was like, well, what was the official charge in my I was like resisting arrest without violence. She goes, yeah, but what were you arrested for? And I said I wasn't. And then that's when she was like, you can't get you can't resist arrest unless you're being arrested for something. <laughs> and like they get furious with these like bullshit things that these cops put out, which is a lot of times why certain cops just don't show up to the court date mm. because like the judge will like get so upset because it's wasting the judge's time. Like there's real cases in there that need to be heard. And the justice system, as you and I both know, is already fucked to the hilt. Yep. So th- then, you know, then you're just impeding it even more so with all these bullshit cases like oh you're drinking under the age of 21 even though you turn 21 in two weeks first of all does it take three heavily armored and armed sheriff's officers to waste that kind of taxpayer dollars at five o'clock on a thursday to bust down into a bar and arrest you first and second of all it's a written arrest drinking under the age is a written arrest that's not even a booked arrest a written arrest is basically where they give you a ticket with a court date on it which is exactly what happened to you so it's just it's mind-boggling to me, these stories that certain people have when they come on, especially yours, because it's like, you weren't doing anything. And it's like, <laughs> nope, you're going to jail. <laughs> oh. But hey, you know, here at Brennan Tessif is your ex-drinking buddy. We welcome all sorts of crazy stories. So if I have any listeners that are cops that want to come on here and try and justify these arrests, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Justice. It's for justice. It's for justice. Now, Emily, fun fact. I saw the mug you were drinking out of. Yeah. 
Do, 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 do. You're actually <laughs> from the United Kingdom. I well, kind of. Um, no, I you were going to be in Harry Potter. <laughs> the listeners don't know that you auditioned for Harry Potter. I didn't audition. I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> you were born in England, weren't you? You were raised was... in England. You were a hundred percent English. I'm just going to keep keep digging this hole. <laughs> Just keep digging it. Um, no, I yeah, it's like I grew up there. Um, I was born in the states. Parents were in the military, so you know it's like it's so funny having to tell us like because it's like when I come up here, everyone's like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> I'm like, "I you know I moved up here from Florida, whatever." Why? Why yeah. did you come here? Yeah, I um, got that when I moved to Oklahoma City to move in with my cousin. People are like, "You're from Florida," and I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Why are you in Oklahoma?" <laughs> Like, well, I ran out of money and my cousin offered me free rent, so. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a reason. Yeah, but the other one that gets me is, like, where are you from? And I'm like, ugh, nowhere. Like, this is going to yeah. be, like, a 10-minute story. Like, yeah. I'm not from anywhere. Um, but, yeah, no, England was great, man. <laughs> no, tell the story about the Harry Potter thing, because I find that fascinating. What story are you talking about? Didn't you say you were going to audition or you wanted to audition, but you couldn't because you're not from there? Wasn't it? you? Yeah, that was it. That was that. I mean, that um, was the story. It was like I was obsessed and really wanted to audition for it. But when, um, when I remember looking it up and it was only like citizens that could audition. I wasn't a citizen. I was an American citizen because I was born in California. No. My sister had dual citizenship, but. Well, I remember the story was a lot more impressive when you said it to me when we were walking around one day. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can't believe it. You know, I was like, wait, you're going to be in Harry. You were going to be in Harry Potter. And you were like, no, but I wanted to be. <laughs> exactly. And, then, and in my brain, my brain is so fantastical. I twisted that into you almost were in Harry Potter. I wish, man. I wish. Oh, man. So, um. What do you got going on up there now um, as far as – I know we talked about the stand-up and everything, but are you going to – you're just going to hang out there um, during the pandemic or are you planning on going anywhere or what What? what are you kind of thinking about doing moving forward with comedy and everything? Um. Well, right now the plan is to go back to school and the whole situation with colleges and schools at this time is uh, grim. It's not good at all. Um. So right now it's I'm honestly just like chilling. I'm waiting it out, um, saving money, just trying to figure out like what's gonna happen next. Cause just you know like you were <clears throat> talking about earlier, um, just with that stuff that's going on in other cities, it's like we don't know if the restaurants are gonna get shut down again. Um, as much as I do want to go to Albany and like I was really ready to go like a week or two ago. I was like because I got food poisoning. <laughs> And you know how like when you're like in that kind of experience, like you're like, I need to t I need to take, you know, I need to make better use of my time. here. Yeah, when like... you're on the cusp of death. Yeah. <laughs> I told that story last week on the podcast about my last drunk and how like I was like, I'm going to die alone. And then after that, I was like, like in, in my bathroom, like, you know, sick, like shaking, convulsing. And I was like, this is how it ends. And then right after that, I was like, I really need to turn my life around. Yeah. <laughs> I need to make better use of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Just the same thing. Food poisoning, alcohol poisoning. It's all, it's all the same. <laughs> it's all poison. Um, 
yeah yeah no so after that and after i like because i was honestly worried for a minute i was like oh man like this could be anything and then it ended and i was fine and i was back to being a human again um oh yeah because with i didn't even put two and two together with the virus going around like right now i have a stuff stuffy nose like the sinuses just because the weather in florida has been changing so drastically like it was 82 days ago and then last night it was like 50 Mm. So obviously my body is just, you know, just trying to get used to it a little bit. But as soon as I was on, I was doing my show last night, my sports show, and I went into the mic and my co-host on Zoom was like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, (laughs) huh? He's like, are you sick? And I go, yeah, it's just like a little bit of a, like a cold because of the weather. He goes, nah, nah, nah. So in your case, like, you know, you get sick, you start throwing up and you're like, I'm, I could be dying. This could be it. It could be the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was a little concerned about that. Um, It wasn't even it wasn't even so much like the being sick because I was like, okay, obviously, because I knew I had eaten shitty food. Like I knew I made a a bad choice. Um, (laughs) I was very aware of that. I was like, that was not that was not a good idea. And but the but it was like the third day after I was still really like my body was really sore and I was just like having all these, I was just feeling really weird about it. And, um, but then I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back, Um, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Albany. And then I started thinking, I'm like, Ooh, what if I go to Albany and like, and then I, and then something worse happens, worse than food poisoning, you know? Um, so you shelved it. Yeah. Just for now. I, I don't know. It's like, it's just it's just hard trying to um, balance everything because right now, you know, it's like I'm living with my parents up here and I and they don't go out or do anything. My, my dad actually went on a business trip and has had to like quarantine and he's very careful and all of that. But it's like him having to go through that because he before all this, he traveled for work pretty much exclusively. Yeah. Um, so this was his first trip since this had happened. And, um, you know, the New York state, like contact tracing people called him up and told him all the things that he had to do and like how long it was going to be and like how the tests that he had to take and everything like that. And, uh, he hung up with them. He's like, I'm not traveling again. Nope. Not doing this again. Like, um, but you know, it's like, I'm try. I try to be very careful, like for their sake, just as much as for mine and, um, working in the restaurant and then also the bar, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Cause that's the thing too is, and I'm, I'm sure it's a little different. I mean, maybe it's not cause people are people, you know, if we learned anything from men in black, it's that a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals. Mm. Um, and I say that because in Florida, like, especially where I'm at in Jacksonville, I deal with three to 400 people a day when I work a double um, when I'm at the breakfast place and then I go into the the steakhouse at night and it's not to say that that's you know bad or negative or anything but it's just you know in, in the state of Florida especially out of those 400 people at least 10 percent are like this is a hoax this has got to be fit you know that those are people there there are those people out there and it's terrifying mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, I do all the safety protocols. I wear the mask. I socially distant. I wash my hands constantly. You know, I wash my uniform every single day. Um, I, I do all the things I'm supposed to do, but I'm still like, all it takes is that one asshole to cough into their hands and then like grab something at the bar and then hand it to you. And now all of a sudden you wipe your eye later on and you know, now you're, you've got something. So it's just, it's a 
when I really think about it, it makes me terrified. So I try not to think about it. But just in you're in the same position. And that's the thing is, I don't know, are people in New York taking it more seriously or is it just like business as usual where you're at in the, the bar? Well, it's like we cater to a lot of young people. Uh, the universe, like the university is right there. And yeah, um, that's what you were saying. So Yeah. Right now, that's pretty much the majority of the people that come in. And before you know, this recent spike, you know, and it's like, and I was coming back to life and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out in Albany. It's like, they seem fine out there. So it's like, I'm going to do it. Um, then in that week, we probably had like three or four reservations cancel because somebody in their group had caught COVID. Oh, God. Um, and we have been getting those calls more and more now we like are in the habit of calling everyone every night and being yeah like, that's what we do at my night job yeah um but yeah i don't know right now it's just it's it's weird it's it's been kind of weird because it's like halloween happened and then it snowed and now there's like this weird vibe like we were all like you know excited to have hall i like i don't i don't know i was very excited for halloween halloween's my favorite holiday in the year i just any yeah. excuse to dress up and put a ton of makeup on like that's where that's i'm gonna jam. be that's it <laughs> Um, but no, it was just, it was so weird because it was almost like immediately the next day it was like back to March when everyone was scared about getting shut down. And it's like, I remember like us all like sort of having those conversations on shift and being kind of like, no, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I don't know. It's, um, that's what I'm doing is I'm just trying to stay in the, everything's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Yeah. Because I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if my brain can handle because when all this happened and I've talked about this on the show before, but when all this happened, just with my background and what I studied in school and stuff, I was like, well, in the history of this country, the government's never just shut everything down. First of all, I don't even think they have the constitutional constitutional ability to do so. Second of all, they they care so much about money. They wouldn't just let the economy crash. And I kept saying that over and over and over. I, to, to anybody who would listen, my girlfriend, people at work, you know, this is back in January. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to shut it down. There's no way in the history of this country, like they're not going to do that. Like that's impossible. Like I couldn't fathom it. And then <clears throat> we were supposed to move to New York City, Savannah and I, and we had, had the place picked out. We were ready to go. I was texting with you and I was like, yeah, we should be up there, you know, sooner than later. Then all of a sudden we did everything. And April 1st, we were supposed to sign our lease. And then middle of March, you know, things started to shut down. And I was like, well, that's weird, but these are the governors and they're weird and that's not going to happen. And, you know, the biggest city in the world. And then all of a sudden it was one of the first cities to be like, nope, shut it down. And then the federal government came on and was like, shut it down. And I was like, what is happening? Like, it was insane to me. And then, like you said, with these recent spikes, and I don't know if I'm just an idiot, which I am, but it's one of those things where once everything kind of opened back up within the last couple of months... I mean, in Florida, we've been open for seven, six months. But when everybody else kind of started to open up in the last few months, I again was like, there's no way they'll shut it down again. Like, no, they weren't going to do it the first time. So now, like you're saying with the people at work, it's like, I just got to I just got to not think about it or try and stay positive because I couldn't fathom because they can't even get another deal done for another stimulus. So it's like if you shut it down again, like there's no help is coming. Like there's Mm -hmm. no more money for anybody. There's. 
Like we were, I, I was fortunate enough to get unemployment set the first time. I'm not going to get it the second time around. So it's, it's terrifying. We really drove this into the negative part of the <laughs> It's getting spooky. It's just so hard with everything going on because like you said, it just, all of a sudden it's like back to being March. Like we were super busy at work the last couple of weeks. And then with this recent case and spike or the recent spike in cases, it's just kind of been a ghost town again. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. Did you vote? You voted, right? Mm. Yeah. Good. I'm not going to ask you who you voted for because that's weird. But yeah, just wanted to make sure because this is going to be recorded on Election Day. It's going to come out the day after Election Day. But <sighs> God knows what's going to happen. You know, I had someone like, so I'm, I'm, I'm always that person that's like, I'm going to pick up a shift, right? And so we have a little group chat and someone I work with was like, Hey, does someone want to work May Tuesday? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take it. Like, I'm not doing anything. And <laughs> they told me afterwards, they're like, yeah, I didn't want to work because it's election day. And I, like, don't know what's going to happen downtown. And I'm like. Oh, thanks. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like, Yeah, we voted early. So I actually kind of lost track of the days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah, even think same. about it. Now, I have to go downtown to work tonight. And I don't know what's going to happen. But. We'll see. Hey. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was like funny because he said that and then I was like, oh, it's fine. I've I've been through that before. So, yeah, you have. You have a lot of experience <laughs> with that. <laughs> Just tie a bandana around my face, you know? Yeah. Get ready to rock and roll. Hey, in the words of Han Solo from The Empire Strikes Back, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. Yeah. Um, we'll do a little bit more pre-production next time so I can so I can figure out which uh, – stories to steer clear from i don't want to put you on the spot again with your arrests <laughs> like i did with your arrest <laughs> lol i was just oh, like no boy. come on you've been arrested and in my in the back of my head i'm like wait maybe she doesn't want to talk about this no she sure has um it's actually funny because uh my friend it's like it's, 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 i only know the people that i work with that's my life right now and one of them uses their mugshot as as their merch that's all i'm gonna say about that um and my one of another person that i work with got me his mugshot on a mug recently just like as a random gift and i was like this is the best idea ever so gonna steal yeah, that later my um other podcast um it's on a podcast network my sports one and they mm -hmm. completely unbeknownst to me we use discord that's how we chat and like yeah. keep in touch with everybody so just on Discord one day, we're talking about something. Then all of a sudden, a little like emoji, a little emote pops up and it's my mugshot, like cropped and every, they, they turned it into an emoji because some of the guys what? on the network are like graphic designers and like they're really good with computers. One's a computer engineer and stuff. So they know how to do all that stuff. But it was just the like they've made emojis for like the actual network and like they're really good at that shit. But it was just so random. Like, it's just my mugshot pops up as, like, um, a reply to, like, one of some, <laughs> something somebody wrote. And I was like, what? And it's my original mugshot, like the one I posted on social media a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. My original one from when I stopped playing football and got super fat and was, like, just looked like a mess. And that's the one they found. I'm like, you didn't even find the one where I was, like, sober for a little while and I looked good. Like, you found the <laughs> one that was terrible. And I was like, I need to put this on a shirt of some sort or do something with this. So we're we're – 
We should all we should just have a line of mugshot merch. Right. You, me, anybody we know. <laughs> yep. Mugshot merch. Oh god. Mugshotmerch.com. Check it out. Um what happened <laughs> to those uh dance videos you were doing? You were doing those for a little while. I know you opened this with the joke about the OnlyFans, but you were doing those dance <laughs> videos on Instagram. Um What happened yeah. with that? You did that for like I did it for you like, were, like a second. Really into it for like a week. And like you had like legit like i'm gonna show you guys how to do this day because yeah. for those of you who don't know emily also was a dance instructor i know you were in jacksonville yeah the pandas. with the pit with the pandas yeah um honestly it was a little bit like missing that you know of like being able to do that um and then it was also um for my niece but i had brought it up to a couple people and was like oh yeah you know i taught dance and like I was making videos for my niece and they were like, oh my gosh, send it to me. Like, I want to learn. And so I put, I originally put, started putting it up like for um, like my niece and my sister so that they, well, I, I mean, I sent it to them too. But like, then I started putting it up because people were like asking me about it and that they wanted to do it too because we're all stuck at home. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, might as well uh, have a little fun with it, I guess, while we're on hold with un- unemployment. Um. Then you just stopped. <laughs> I did. I did stop because you know why? Because I was I didn't get through to unemployment and I had to keep calling them and keep doing dealing with that. I had seven weeks. It took me seven weeks to just get a claim filed. Oh and then they God. send me in the mail that I the amount that I qualified for for my claim was zero dollars and zero cents. And what? I was like, you could have told me this seven weeks ago. This has been a huge waste of my life. Like, <laughs> Did you file in Florida or did you file in New York? No, I had to file in New York. But I figured that was the weird thing is because not, not just you, but I had another friend um, that I worked with at Morton's um, mm-hmm. who had left and moved to Pennsylvania, I think in December or January, something like that. So it was like this whole thing where it's like, well, you can't file in Pennsylvania because you just moved up here. So you have to file in Florida. But then you file in Florida because that's where you had worked for the last few years. But now you don't live in Florida anymore. So it was like this real confusing kind of time. And I know with like Marcus and Brian and a lot of the comics, they tried to file in Florida for losing gigs. But then they because they're 1099s, they like wouldn't they didn't qualify or something. I don't know. It was like this really bizarre thing where a lot of people weren't qualifying. The only reason I qualified was because of first watch, but I had actually quit first watch a week before the government shut down. But luckily Mm. I had been with the company for so long. I guess it just kind of, they just, you know, because I had been there for years that I just qualified, but I didn't even qualify for my night job. That wasn't even on the, the thing. You know what I mean? They give you that report back of like what they found. Yeah. My night job wasn't even on there. And I was like, that's the that's whole weird. reason I filed was because of my night job. Shouldn't it just be connected to your like social security number, though? Yeah, you would think. But it just it wasn't even on there. It literally all wow. it said on there was first watch. And I was like, thank God the timing worked out the way it did, because I had quit literally a week before it got shut down. Yeah. I mean, I ended up losing my insurance over it, but I mean, if that's all I lost compared to what some other people lost, it's not a big deal. But I really like those uh, those dance videos. I was learning. I was, I was really <laughs> discovering my my inner my inner dance voice, and then you just stop doing them. <laughs> you got to bring them back. Hashtag bring back the dance. Hashtag bring back the dance. I I I don't know. I don't know. It was so. I I remember you messaging me, and you're like, "Whoa, you're really putting yourself out there." 
<laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to lie to you. I have a hard enough time just putting like bits online, even if yeah. I cut them and edit them and have the, the, the sound quality and have the audience you can hear laughing in the background. I'm still like, I don't want to put this up. And you were just straight like by yourself in a room. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. get it. Get you some. Yeah. Well, OK. I don't know what that noise was that I just made, but like the reason why I had such little level of caring about that situation, about what people thought in that regard, is because there at the time they don't exist anymore, thank God. But at the time there were a lot of videos of me online dancing and like in the mindset of like I am teaching this virtually to children, and that was public and available on YouTube for everyone to see and know and i had to get over that and so that was just like this was just like eh. what are those videos still out there no what were they were they with the pandas or yeah yeah it was for the kids oh. um it was because we only had practice once a week but you know it's like kids all nowadays have ipod ipads yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that i kind thought of maybe stuff. you were just posting them on your you know your youtube channel or something no, no, it was a YouTube channel for them, but it was public, and um, and it was just so they could go on and practice in between practices, so that way they had, like, more of, like, you know. Emily, the dance instructor. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. Um, do you want to go ahead and plug everything one more time, even though you're not even on social media anymore, but... <sighs> I'm really know, not. Maybe I will maybe like keep an eye out for some like dance videos or something at some point. I don't know. Where would they find those? They would find those at uh, on Instagram at Ultraviolet Ray R E I H because I know how to spell my name this time. So play on words, people. All right. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. Yeah, man. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun. Join us again sometime on Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy.